Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How you feeling this morning, Atlanta? Oh my, we have got a great show for you. I am excited about doing this show. It's going to be all about the Atlanta Braves, World Series champions. How does that sound? I'm going to get into detail about the game six against the Houston Astros in the World Series and their seven to nothing win over the Astros to clinch the World Series. I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of Atlanta sports in this city. I've lived here since 2006, and I'm also going to get into the college football rankings. We had our first poll out yesterday, and that's about it. This show is dedicated to the Atlanta Braves. So let's get right into the show. How does this sound? The Atlanta Braves are your World Series champions. It is their first World Series since 1995, second in the city of Atlanta. This is the third championship for the city of Atlanta. They're going to have a parade on Friday. Not sure where the route is going to be, and I'm hoping the governor actually allows federal employees to have the day off to go to the parade. And I just want to say one thing on this show. What Georgia sports curse. The Atlanta Braves get it done in Houston. Game six, seven to nothing. Were you nervous watching that game? Because I was. All the way to the last out. Max Freed pitched six innings. He could have gone longer because his pitch count was very low. And that was an amazing performance by Max Freed to pitch six innings, give up no runs against one of the hottest offensive teams in the Houston Astros that like to score runs in bunches, and they are an offensive explosion. And they were shut down in Game 6 at Houston. Tyler Maxick comes in for the 7th and 8th and shuts the door, and then Will Smith comes in and closes out the game. Wasn't a save situation, but Will Smith gets the job done. Dansby Swanson throws to Freddie Freeman for the final out, and that image of Freddie Freeman just so happy, he takes the ball and puts it in his back pocket. The Atlanta Braves win the World Series, and I watched the game all the way to the end. I was listening to the post game on the radio. I just have a question for you, Atlanta. Have you gotten any sleep? I know that I haven't really got much sleep. I stayed up and listened to the post game on the radio and then fell asleep. And the narrative is pretty much the same. There's those skeptical Georgia sports fans like myself that witnessed 28-3, that witnessed the Braves giving up the 3-1 lead in the NLCS last year. I witnessed second and 26, where Georgia loses to Alabama in the national championship. I didn't have a warm and fuzzy about Atlanta United when they beat Portland in the MLS Cup. I actually thought that there was a chance that they could lose that. The Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals, Trey Young stepping on the ref's foot, you name it. Everything that I can think of in this state has gone wrong, and the Braves flipped the script by not squandering the 3-1 to lead against Houston. They were able to win the World Series. 
their second World Series since they moved to Atlanta. And just the backstory, I moved to Georgia in 2006. You know, I'm a lifelong San Francisco Giants fan. I know I'm going to get criticized. Well, you're a Giants fan. Why are you rooting for the Braves and you're so excited they won the World Series? I'm excited for this city. More than anything, the city of Atlanta is a great city that deserves a sports championship. Yes, we got it with Atlanta United in 2018, but that parade wasn't that big. There was less than 600,000 people at the parade, and it was very short and it was quick because they had high school playoffs. I remember it, but this is going to go all out. You got to remember the fan base is not just the state of Georgia. It is Braves country to include Mississippi, Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, the panhandle of Florida. There are Braves fans everywhere in the Southeast. And this parade is going to be big. It's going to be on Friday. Not sure what the route is going to be. Maybe they're going to go down Peachtree Street and get to Lenox Mall. Probably the route of the Peachtree Road Race. And then after that, I think they're going to bus over to the Battery and have their speeches and everything at Truett's Park. The thing about Truett's Park being in Cobb County, that that's a very long route. It's very far away from downtown Atlanta, but I don't think they should just have the parade in Cobb County. I think the parade needs to be in Atlanta because that is the heart and the spirit of Atlanta. I'm just getting excited and anticipating this parade on Friday. So I actually started watching the Braves when I had Fox Sports and I would watch Braves. We'd go to Braves games. My first Braves game was actually in 1999 when I was a student at Freed Harmon. And they had Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, John Smoltz. They were swept by the Yankees in the 1999 World Series. But then when I moved to Atlanta in 2006, now call it what you want because they had 14 straight division titles. And then I moved to Atlanta in 2006. I don't really follow them until 2009 because... You know, I was deployed to Iraq in 2007 and 2008. I casually watched them. I remember some of the trades they pulled off, like getting Mark Teixeira, uh, trading away Elvis Andrews. They had players on that 2009 team like Yunel Escobar and uh, the late Tommy Hansen. Which, so this World Series win is for all those Braves that were Braves before in the last 10 years, like Jason Hayward like Jair Jurgens, like Mike Miner, Chris Medlin, and of course Tommy Hansen. You know, very sad that he passed on about six years ago. But Bobby Cox, his last game that he managed was in 2010. I was at that game as I watched the Giants beat the Braves. And then in comes Freddie Gonzalez. Now, Freddie Gonzalez, he was a good manager. He was managing for the Marlins. And then he was a bench coach for the Braves. And then 2010, Bobby Cox's last year, they make the playoffs. 2011 was the September collapse, which they had an eight-game lead, and they squandered it to the Cardinals. 2012 was the controversial infield fly rule, where Andrelton Simmons hit a fly ball into the outfield, and the umpire called it an infield fly. Braves had a rally and should have beat the Cardinals in that one-game playoff. 2013, they lose to the Dodgers. And then in 2014, they blew it up. And as a Braves fan, I was a fan of Jason Hayward. They traded away Jason Hayward for Shelby Miller, which eventually turned out to be Dansby Swanson. They trade away Evan Gaddis to the Astros. They trade away Justin Upton to the Padres, which eventually turned out to be Max Freed. They trade away Andrelton Simmons 
So they're trading away all their players. They're trading away Craig Kimbrell. So in 2015, 2016, they had some lean years, the final years at Turner Field. And you're getting discouraged as a Braves fan. You're thinking that they don't even know what they're doing. 2017, their first year at Truett's Park. That's some lean years. And then in 2018, it started to get optimistic because then you get young players like Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albies. And then you get players like Freddie Freeman that's been in this organization since 2010. Coming up, they lose to the Dodgers in the 2018 playoffs. In 2019, they lose to the Cardinals. The way they lost, putting up the Cardinals putting up 10 runs in that first inning in a game five at Truett's Park. So the Braves have had some heartbreak up to this point. 2020, it was the pandemic. The Braves made it to the NLCS for the first time since 2001, and they lose to the Dodgers after giving up a 3-1 to series lead. And then fast forward all the way to 2021. If you go to the beginning of the season, July the 10th, Ronald Acuna Jr. tears his ACL, and he's out for the season. I got to check my Twitter and Facebook I don't know what I posted. I'll have to look back. I probably posted something saying Acuna Jr. is out for the season, season over. Now, I apologize if I did that and gave up hope on the Braves this year. I did go to a game this year when they were playing the Giants. I actually thought the Giants, they had the best record in baseball. I actually thought the Giants were going to win the World Series this year. And I thought that they were going to beat the Dodgers and they would make, they would host they would play the Braves in the NLCS and as a Giants fan I would have loved to have got tickets so this Braves team got hot after the month of August Max Fried was the best pitcher in baseball for the month of September and they were able to overtake the Phillies and win the NL East and make it into the playoffs a lot of the experts did not pick them in the division series against the Milwaukee Brewers and it didn't turn out all that great in game one they lose that game and then They rattle off three straight, including Freddie Freeman, with a home run to win it in Game 4. And a lot of the critics didn't give them a chance against the Dodgers. Well, thanks to the Giants wearing out the Dodgers pitchers in the previous series, it was set up where the Dodgers did not have anybody left to pitch and the Braves were able to get their victories at home, which was very important. Those two walk-off wins, Game 1 and Game 2. And a lot of the experts, including Bill Plaschke, really just were dogging the Braves. But one thing I noticed when they made it to the World Series, that both teams were even against the Braves and the Houston Astros. They were able to win one up in Houston for Game 1. And Jorge Soler is your World Series MVP, and rightfully so. All three home runs were go-ahead home runs. Game 1, he hits a solo shot. To lead off the game, one to nothing, sets the table for the Braves. Charlie Morton gets hurt in game one, and Braves fans are starting to get nervous because their best pitcher is out. Max Fried did not have a great game, too. So it's 1 1 going back to Atlanta. And Atlanta, the way they won those games, Ian Anderson pitched great with a no hit five innings in game three. Game four was a bullpen game. Braves aren't supposed to win these bullpen games. But they did, thanks to World Series MVP Jorge Soler and his go-ahead home run. And now the Braves have a 3-1 series lead. And yes, as a Braves fan, you want to see them clinch it at home. But nobody's clinched at home since the Boston Red Sox in 2013. So going back to Houston, I know that 
myself, a lot of Braves fans were nervous that the Braves are going to blow this lead. But you got to understand you have confidence because your two best pitchers are coming back on full rest. And it started off pretty shaky in that first inning. First of all, Luis Garcia was just throwing gas at the Braves, shutting them down in that first two innings. And Max Fried gave up the first, he gave up the, the infield hit. And then Brantley stepped on his leg. I don't even think he touched the base. And now you have runners at first and second with no outs. But what Max Fried does in that first inning, he comes back, strikes out Carlos Correa. Jordan Alvarez grounds out. That moves the runners over. So Yuri Gurriel, Yuri Gurriel comes up to the plate with runners at second and third. A base hit right here, and Houston's up 2-0. Yuri Gurriel is called out on strikes. Max Fried was pitching more fastballs than he ever pitched in this postseason. And he was he was on last night. And he was able to regroup himself after that shaky first inning. But what happened in the third inning? Luis Garcia pitched two great innings. And then in that third inning, in that third inning, Ozzie Albies, who manager Brian Snicker put Albies down to seventh. Normally he bats third in the lineup. He moved him down to seventh. He hasn't been doing all that great in the postseason, but he leads the game off with a single. Then Travis Darno flies out. Dansby Swanson lines out. So you got a runner at first with two outs. Luis Garcia, it seems like he's going to get out of this inning. And he pitched well up to this point. Rosario, one of the most dangerous hitters for the Braves, walks. So you got runners at first and second. Then you get a mound visit. And Jorge Soler comes up to the plate. Now he was battling. He had a 3-2 count. He fouled off a couple of pitches. He got a pitch that he wanted and hit a towering blast. Which, when it first happened, I used every cliche in the book that a baseball announcer would make. Like, the ball hasn't landed yet. It definitely cleared the roof. The roof was open at Minute Maid Park, and it cleared the fence. And Jorge Soler puts the Braves up 3 to nothing. I still was nervous. Three runs was not enough against this Astros team. Then Dansby Swanson hits a two-run blast. Freddie Freeman hits a solo home run. The Braves win the game 7 to nothing. But as a Braves fan, and as you've seen these Georgia sports curses, were you nervous just like I was all the way until the last out? Seriously, I really was counting the outs, which you're not supposed to do, but I was doing it. Jock Peterson had an incredible catch out in the outfield. Once the Astros started hitting solid hits, I started getting nervous. But they weren't getting anything solid off Max Freed. A lot of ground balls, a lot of infield hits. Max Freed is a warrior. And I have another suggestion. Let's run this back for 2022. Pay everybody. Pay Freddie Freeman. Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to come back from injury. Mike Soroka is going to come back from injury. I don't know what you're going to do with Marcelo Zuna. If you're going to get rid of some of the outfield, I mean, you do have options. You could get rid of Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall. They need to re-sign Eddie Rosario, and they need to re-sign Jorge Soler. I think the Braves could be one of the favorites to make it back to the World Series in 2022. And this is great for the city. A lot of people on pins and needles. And to do it in Houston, the same place where the Falcons blew the 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. It Doesn't it seem like the 28-3 lead is an afterthought? 
I know I'm talking about it on this show now, but we were so close to a parade in Atlanta with the Falcons in 2017 that this just makes it go away. And we are going to have a parade in Atlanta on Friday. Don't know the whole logistics of it. And I actually thought it was a cool moment because I'm one of these guys that felt completely bad that the commissioner pulled the All-Star game from Atlanta. And how sweet was it that the commissioner was able to present the commissioner's trophy to the Braves in Houston, of all places. And uh, obviously the fans booed the commissioner because of that. All right, well, I've spent most of my show talking about the Braves because it is a Braves day. The Braves are World Series champions. I talked to some people, lifelong Braves fans, that live in the state of Georgia that they were kids when the Braves won the World Series in 1995. I do remember that team. I remember 1995, they were expected to win because they were the team of the 90s. They went to the World Series in 91, 92, and then... Watching them on TBS when I was not living in Georgia, I had no ties to this state. I was living in California, a lifelong Giants fan. I remember the pennant race of 1993 when the Braves caught fire and got Fred McGriff. And I actually felt that the Braves are just going to be this incredible dynasty, which they were in the 90s, but they only have the one World Series. Went to five World Series in the 1990s. And when I talk to Braves fans, they are just so excited. Some of them have cried, and they posted on Facebook that they are just so excited. They've never been more excited than ever, and I'm happy for them. Now, moving on to the college football rankings, because we did have some other sports stories going on last night. The first of the college football rankings came out, and no surprise, Georgia's number one. But a surprise that Alabama is number two, and they have one loss That tells you the voters really respect Alabama. Michigan State is number three and then followed by Oregon. What's important is that Oregon needs to be ahead of Ohio State because they beat Ohio State. Ohio State is number five and Cincinnati is number six, which they were ranked second in the AP poll and they go down to number six. That tells you that the voters do not respect the schedule that Cincinnati plays. Michigan is number seven, probably because of their tough schedule. And Oklahoma is number eight, which is very interesting because they do have a tough schedule being in the Big 12, but the voters don't respect how they are getting those wins. Wake Forest is number nine, and then Notre Dame is number 10. So yes, the first college football rankings, Georgia will take on Missouri this weekend. Alabama will take on LSU. Seems like that game is not as big as it once was a couple of years ago when these two teams were the best teams in the SEC. I think Dan Mullen is on the hot seat. He's 4-4. Four and four. They were talking a lot about Dan Mullen in his press conference on the Paul Feinbaum show. That's one of my favorite shows I listen to after a big weekend of college football. If you look at his resume, he has gotten Florida to three straight New Year's Six bowl games, which is impressive. But what is the realistic expectations at Florida? You're not going to get a Steve Spurrier or an Urban Meyer. Again, they had Jim McElwain. They had Will Muschamp. If your winning percentage is not as good as Jim McElwain, then you're on the hot seat. Jim McElwain lost his job a couple of years ago because they lost to Georgia. And even though Dan Mullen had a very impressive record at Mississippi State, He took over as the Florida head coach in 2018, got him a Peach Bowl win 
at 10 and 3. 2019, he went 11-2, won the Orange Bowl, so two top 10 finishes to start off his career. Last year, the pandemic year, he finished 8-4. He had a disappointing three straight losses, including a loss to Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. And this year, 4-4. Four and four. Florida has stubbed its toe against Kentucky and LSU. Now, I understand if he was 6-2, and two, those losses to Alabama and Georgia would make sense because they are the number one and number two teams in the country. But what does Florida do well? What is their identity? They don't have Kyle Trask. They don't have Kyle Pitts. Do they run the ball? Do they play defense? I'm not sold on Todd Grantham as a defensive coordinator. He didn't do that great of a job as a defensive coordinator at Georgia. So what is he doing for Florida? Florida has got to get their act together. They have some winnable games at South Carolina, taking on Florida State. They got to win these games. They got to win out because I don't think Dan Mullen's job is definitely, I don't think Dan Mullen is on the hot seat just yet. But at Florida, if the expectations are to be a top five program, Florida is not recruiting. And then you can't dodge questions about recruiting and say, well, it's not recruiting season. It's always recruiting season. That's why Kirby Smart is able to get the players he's able to get, and George is able to reload because he is a great recruiter. We actually do have a big game in the NBA tonight as the Hawks are taking on the Brooklyn Nets. Very interesting game. And then Atlanta United is taking on the New York Red Bulls. Well, it's official. The WTVM High School Game of the Week is the Grangers from LaGrange taking on Hardaway as they battle for playoff seating. It is the playoffs this Friday. As my high school preview show, we'll talk about the playoffs in the state of Alabama. The playoffs will start next week for the state of Georgia. So this is a pretty good sports time. Baseball is winding down, but we still have... Some sporting events going on, including football, basketball, and of course, the Major League Soccer season will have their playoffs as well. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners that has downloaded my podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel. Had a great show. Congratulations to the city of Atlanta. Can't wait for the parade on Friday. And I will talk to everybody on Friday. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.